You are now listening to The Open Canvas. Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. <laughs> yo. <laughs> yo, what is this? Yeah, it's all good. Open, can- <laughs> Open Canvas podcast. Um, I'm Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest. Um, we actually met um, at Ethel's Club because mm. um, I-, I was actually pulling up because my friend Kia um, was performing there um, for the opening of the space. And for anyone who knows about Ethel's Club, like I highly recommend, or if you don't know, I highly recommend you guys check it out. Um, mm-hmm. It's based in Brooklyn, um, in, in Bushwick. In Bushwick. Well, I feel like it's more so Williamsburg. Williamsburg. It's yeah. off of Montrose. Yes. Yeah. yeah so off that's of Montrose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So definitely, definitely look those guys up. Mm-hmm. Support them. I feel wow. like you know, just seeing a black-owned business, you know, women just leading, mm-hmm. leading the conversation, mm-hmm. leading the the effort to sort of create peace within our community. Definitely. You know, internally and externally. Mm-hmm. So just nothing but respect to those guys. Um, and yeah, I met you there. Um, and you know and it was great too because I forget like you know just even if we spoke prior to you performing um, but I don't think so so, but to sort of that be my introduction to you Mm -hmm. in that sort of intimate space Mm -hmm. and to sort of hear you expressing yourself in that way um, I just remember that night and also you know just hearing what you were saying Mm -hmm. it's one thing to you know like listen to a song passively but then to actually connect with the artist Mm -hmm. and actually feel what you're saying mm-hmm. and understand that you're you're teaching you know through what you're saying 100%. you're sort of giving people a sense of like self yeah. and self-worth through your music and, and helping people to even meditate through your music mm-hmm. and and breathe yeah. <laughs> so i was just like wow like this is this is you know definitely a, a another form of artistry mm-hmm. um so you know nothing but respect for you from from the jump <laughs> Um, and then to be able to like chill, you know, after with you and Kia and like smoke and kick it, mm-hmm. like it was great just to like have that conversation and just like connect on some like just regular shit, right. you know. Yeah. So that was definitely powerful for me. Um, and just to see from meeting you to see how you just sort of like continue to just be consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, you're traveling more. You're sort of experiencing new things, mm-hmm. um, and sort of also you know using the music as a way to sort of express that process of growth for you. Yeah. You know, I think it's great to sort of grow through seeing you grow. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's sort of dope. So, um, without any further ado, please introduce yourself. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, my name is Nyala. My last name's Noah, but y'all don't really need to know that. (laughs) My name's Nyala. Um, I am from Los Angeles, California, but I am based in Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy, Brownsville area currently. I'm a vocalist, I'm a songwriter, producer. Been getting into my producer bag lately. Talk about it. Yeah, it's been lit. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I was really scared of it before, and now I've just been really jumping Mm -hmm. into it. And I'm thankful that I have people around me who see me and like see me being stressed and are like, no, no, it's fine. We're gonna work through this. Um, Event coordinator, producer, curator, stepping back into photography again. So Mm. I guess I'll claim photographer, Mm -hmm. Um, creative director, just creative, black person. (laughs) Liver of life. Yes, liver of life, constant (laughs) teacher and student. Mm. Um, Yeah avid reader i'm a capricorn um zodiac is my shit niggas be like people are always i can cuss right yeah okay god niggas always be like oh my god she's always into zodiac i'm like yes i am and when you see that it goes down to a t and you recognize your reflection in it Mm. you won't be mad but yeah Yeah. um i don't know right now in 2020 i'm just 
going with the flow. Yes. Um, learning and really putting in place, taking my time mm -hmm. and being intentional and understanding that that definition of intentionality is always shifting and changing. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just allowing myself to just go through day to day. Like I have my goals and my missions at the end of the tunnel, but I'm not necessarily only focused on that. Yeah. I'm not yeah. like, mm. it's very much like, I would say it's tunnel vision, but then it's also recognizing all the pieces of the puzzle, like mm. recognizing that, okay, I might have all these big, vast goals and um, I'm not, not even expectations, but goals and dreams. Mm -hmm. But like, even though I have those, it's like there's also all these small, minute like aspects to it, all these small steps that are a part of the journey. And they're just as important as that end goal. So I'm really just learning how to just appreciate the moment, like recognizing when I'm moving slow that I'm supposed to be, mm. and there's a reason or something I'm supposed to be paying attention to. Yeah. Um, recognizing like when there's a lot of shit going on, yeah. to just, and like to be thankful that I have the space and the range and the capacity to be able to um, take it all on. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's just been a time of like going with the flow. Sometimes I'd be stressed, but I'm learning how to just like feel. Cause before I used to be like, oh, let me just hold everything inside. Everything's fine. And now I'm like, no, I want to cry. If I want to cry, let me cry. And then I'm like, cool, that's out. Definitely. What do we do next? Definitely. So it's well, been reflective. I just want to say, I love talking with you. But like this very reason. <laughs> and, and also just thank you for being on the open canvas. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, absolutely. And, and yeah, I just- I've been a fan. Oh, I love it. You. I really love the conversation. I appreciate just honest conversation. I like the open canvas. Like obviously it's focused on your creative friends or uh, peers and mentors, but I like that it's not necessarily just focusing on, okay, what are you working on? And what's the goal? And <laughs> da, da da da. Like it doesn't feel like a job interview. It yeah. feels more so like we're just having conversation mm. and existing. And so I appreciate that. Uh, thank yeah. You. Thank so I'm excited you. to have this. Cause I'm like, uh, ooh, I get to be here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate it so much. And, yeah. and I just even value you. You know, I thank value you. your story and mm. I feel like, you know, just even now, just from hearing you speak now, I feel like, you know, I'm already benefiting you know, <laughs> just from, from talking with mm -hmm. you. Um, so, yeah, I just even feel like when when we first met, when was that? That was... Was that October yeah, or November? I want to say maybe October. It was like before like it, the it, holidays. Yeah, I yeah. don't... Yeah, I want to say it was either October or November. I don't yeah. remember when exactly. It was around that time. But yeah, it was for that performance. Um, Vanessa is one of my really good friends. They're yeah. the head of experience and programming there. Shout out to Vanessa. For They're really, amazing. Like, yeah, the whole team really. Yeah. Like, everyone is like so helpful. And mm -hmm. like, you know, you just see the focus and the yeah. determination to sort of create something meaningful. Mm -hmm. and, you know, so I'm really just happy to... That, you know, we, we all, you know, were able to sort of connect and, and be yeah. with each other in that moment. I like, really appreciate yeah. the space because yeah. even, like, I don't know, I go in there with no expectations right. every time, or I could go be like, oh, I'm going to this event, but I always <laughs> end up leaving with so much more. Yeah, rocked, um, right? yeah <laughs> like, and it's really genuinely like a real community. Mm. Um, like Naj, uh, the owner and the yes. co like the founder. Shout out to Naj. Naj is amazing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many people have access to like business owners, but I appreciate Naj because she is all about community. Like she, what she's talking about, she practices what she preaches. Like I've seen so many people come in and be like, "Hey, like I've heard of this space. I don't really know like 
what goes down or how like this works can I check it out and she'll take the time to give them a walk tour and yeah. just have a conversation with them like everybody there is amazing like she's great Najir is also great like yeah. there's just the people yeah. that are working um, and everything like everything <laughs> really every aspect is great we love the graphics we love the interior design we love the programming like mm. we love the front desk like folks we love everybody like everybody's great um, and so yeah I'm just thankful that Ethel's Club is a place that exists because I feel like I don't know like the, looking at places like The Wing and WeWork and other places like that like mm. it's cool that there's these co-working community spaces but as like a black queer femme it's dope to be able to go into a space and know that it's for and by us and that it's so inclusive like yes it's a black owned space but it's very like focused on Asian communities Latinx communities like all parts of the non-white experience right, right. um and I really appreciate it. I really just appreciate that space. But going back, yeah. we met back in November, yeah. October, one of those times. Someone will fact check me later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so Vanessa contacted me and Kia to perform. Mm -hmm. At first, they were like, hey, I'm thinking that you guys can both do like individual performances, like just share a couple songs, X, Y, and Z. And then uh, they actually called me back like a week or so later and they were like, actually, I kind of want to do this like improvisational type of situation mm -hmm. where you and Kia can do like one or two songs but then you guys do uh like this collaborative like jazz scat improv yeah. thing that was um, amazing by the way thank you <laughs> that yeah, was so it was so, so chill yeah. i love kia i like i never see her because she's always working but mm. that's like such a great thing to say like mm. to be able to be like oh yeah i don't see this person because we like they doing their thing or we doing our thing you know mm -hmm. um but it was so cool me and kia connected let's see that was 2019 so me and kia connected in one 2018, yeah. so a year before, okay. and we were curating an event. Um, I have this event series called Nora at Night, and she, myself, and another person who I was dating at the time, we like curated this multidisciplinary art show. Mm -hmm. So it was live performances and visual art. There were like vendors. It was a cool thing. Amazing. So it was cool to be able to like come from that background, and also like I respect her and appreciate and just love everything that she does on a musical level. Like I don't know if you saw the programming that she just did. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. shit looks. Yo, I'm so excited. I literally yeah. just bought my ticket yesterday. I was like, I don't care if I'm going broke. I need to do this. <laughs> word, word. Yeah. And yeah. so it was really cool to share space with her and to be able to create with her because, I don't know, I feel like as black artists, people always want to lump y'all together mm. and be like, we're all the same. Mm. And so it was cool to be able to work with her and be like, yeah, like, I thought that our music is similar, but not necessarily like oh, we do the exact same genre. It's just like, it comes from the same place, like the same intention. And so it was cool to be able to like create with her and to be able to perform and like have both of our own individual music, but then to have that collaborative experience, you yeah. know? Yeah, and in that collaboration, you guys created something new. Yeah. You know, which is fire to sort of witness. Exactly. You know? yeah, so yeah. that was cool. Um, Kia produced the beat and then we just came in, did our thing. Nice. Um, it was really dope. I sang a song off of my EP that I dropped last year. Uh, the song was called outro the journey the ep is called reflections yes. and so it was just a song about which is also fire by thank the way. you yeah, yeah, yeah. y'all like, gotta check this out y'all have to pee get that healing yeah, yeah, yeah. get that healing yeah so yeah that was the first song i wrote on that project actually so word, word, it's funny okay. that that's the outro wow. Wow. yeah and like it was like a stream of consciousness like mm -hmm. January, I don't remember. Yeah, it was like January 2017, like January 1st. Yeah, wow. It just came to me one morning. Like I was listening to a song and I was sad and I made that chorus mm -hmm. and then I just like was writing. Mm -hmm. 
and I just kept writing and yeah. luckily my fingers could keep up with what I was saying, you know, and I could type Thinking, it out. Yeah. yeah, but it was really cool. It was a great night. I met you. I met so many other folks, like really got to see Ethel's Club. Um, yeah, and it's just been a pleasure to see how much it's continued to blossom and how much it's going to continue to grow. Yeah. Um, and I'm also, I'm thankful for the space because every time I go in there, I feel like I meet somebody great. Like, mm. if it's not like a contact for something where, and I'm putting air quotes, y'all can't yeah, see, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> like a contact in the sense of like something business related, mm. it's always been like just a cool mutual like relationship. Yeah. Or like, your energy's cool. Like, oh, we laughing at the yeah. same thing. I respect you. Yeah, yeah. I respect you, yeah. you know? And and I feel like as marginal, well, I don't use the word marginal too, but as multicultural people, we often deal with this thing well not this thing but we just deal with oppression and we are used to if there's a couple of us in the room we're competing with each other or like if it's a couple of us in the room we have to be like we band together but they're trying to tear us apart like so it's beautiful to just be in a space you know where you can just exist and be black or be latinx or be whatever demographic that you are and be like queer and be a woman and whatever it is like it's beautiful and it's cool to see them get the recognition too. Like to be able to see like New York Times and all these different publications, Vice, like so many different publications are talking about them. So that's just, I mean, I hope that 2020 is the beginning of a decade where everybody's just getting their flowers while they're alive. Because I'm tired of seeing people like not get the credit where it's due because of identity. Like that's really where it, like, it comes down to. It's like, okay, they say that your marginalization is for your benefit, but then sometimes it's not. And it's like, you shouldn't have to feel like either, like you shouldn't have to feel like you have to exploit yourself or you have to like do everything based off of your identity. Like the book that you just got me read, like that shit was dope because <laughs> he was talking about like how, like, like well, the, um, oh, yeah. the interviewer was asking about like, okay, like how do you talk about art and culture and identity and all these different things, but not get so attached to these ideas, but also, like how do you see yourself in this realm of identity and he was talking about like how he had to kind of go into tunnel vision because if he didn't go into tunnel vision like he was too busy like over criticizing himself over critiquing like over analyzing instead of just being instead of just being and like that's so real as like multicultural people like that just happens to us like you get so attached and it's something i've been checking myself on like being like i'm so proud of my identities but not being so like attached to the identity in the sense of like like your whole personhood and your whole existence is based off of your demographics like yes i'm always going to be black and i'm always going to be queer and i'm always going to be femme unless i transition at some point or whatever choose to identify something else but like what else you know like what are you going to do about it because these like white corporations and in people like not even corporations just people and like white supremacy wants you to keep putting yourself in these boxes and keep labeling yourself and keep like limiting yourself but then on the other side you know it's like we do need sorry we do need to um we do need these labels and we do need these boxes so that we can have this sense of identity and have this sense of like I guess start starting point if that makes sense. Yeah, I, yeah. I can even you know speak to just seeing how like in our communities, mm -hmm. like people are just becoming more aware of the power and just realizing that just being, right. being yourself, just fully being who you are in every way mm -hmm. is like you know it's it's therapeutic. Yeah. You know, and I think living in New York City, mm -hmm. you know, as, as an example, right, everything is trying to take you out of yourself. Yeah. And sort of remove 
any sense of like peace mm-hmm. and, and I think what we're sort of experiencing now is sort of like prioritizing our peace right. prioritizing you Your know well-being. our well-being and then seeing that like that's creating a new sense of just self-worth mm-hmm. you know and I think in that we're sort of like you know learning okay within any of our different crafts we can sort of help express just the beauty of who we are yeah you know and I think that's sort of like the the, the fun part is mm-hmm. now we're all just realizing wow we, we all have these superpowers we didn't right. realize it like you I feel have all these superpowers that you're just beginning to tap yeah. into you know so like to see how you know this is just the beginning of mm-hmm. like a great like I, I even feel that with 2020 mm-hmm. it just feels like there's a shift happening clear vision a real shift is happening 2020 vision yeah, like completely. when I saw that I was yeah. like yo I was like we're finally seeing clear now mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. seriously mm-hmm. yeah 100 definitely. percent. definitely yeah so um i also we talked about this briefly mm-hmm. but i also want to like learn a little bit more about even like la yeah and like growing up there for you like so where in la specifically are you from so i was born in culver city mm-hmm. like was born in a hospital then we <laughs> like i lived in culver city for a little bit and yeah. then i basically lived in north hollywood most of my life yeah. Yeah. so that's like on the other side of the mountain yeah. on the other side of hollywood going into the valley okay. so yeah. like van nuys san, Fern- san fernando valley is mm-hmm. what it is but it's like Burbank, you go through Valley Village and North Hollywood, Sherman Oaks, Pacoima, like it keeps going. You go yeah. to Tarzana, like if you go deep enough, you go to Tarzana. Um, and so I grew up in that area. Um, my first neighborhood I grew up in, it was very Asian, like it was very Filipino. I always grew up being like a, mi- a minority person amongst other folks of color mm-hmm. so it was very weird for me growing up because like I'm hearing about racism and all these things but I was not experiencing it from white people because white people were also the minority in a lot of the spaces that I was in so it was really interesting so I was just dealing with anti-blackness but being like didn't have that language at the time why like I remember there was this boy I liked in elementary school and he literally was like I can't like you because you're black and I just remember being like huh okay And it was weird because it was like, I feel like early on, I really learned how to marginalize myself and to normalize and to marginalize myself. Mm. Um, Yeah, like my my dad's from Sierra Leone and my mom is from Los Angeles. She's black American. Mm. Um, Her grandparents, my grandparents, uh, my grandma's from, whoa, I'm blanking. She's from, where is she from? St. Louis. And then I just blanked. I went all the way back. I was like, no, 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 that's too far. And then my grandpa's from Ohio. And then his, like, West Virginia. So it's like that side. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it was very interesting, like, growing up, like, being literally African-American was really interesting because, like, I would have all these garbs and all these, like, my dad was really, like, really wanted to put me into my culture. Like, he really just wanted to immerse me in my salon um, identity. And it was really interesting because I'd be going to school and stuff and I would wear like for picture day, I would wear like different like kente cloths or different like daishiki type of things. And people being like, um, what are you wearing? And even like, oh yeah, this is like African clothing. Like these are like the, cl- like, cause you don't want to go into the whole thing of like specific countries. Cause nobody knows specific country. It was just all this different stuff. But being told like, those aren't your clothes like um black people not not even black people but like you guys are dirty and you're supposed to be in rags and you're usually in chains and like that's what you're supposed to look like this isn't your culture like you stole this and so dealing with this like constant erasure of my african identity but then also not being black enough because i'm like of lighter brownness and so people being like 
black people are supposed to be like pitch black like you're supposed to be as dark as my eyes like type of thing mm. and so it was really interesting growing up because I just was like I felt so much erasure on both sides mm. from the outside world and then even like not necessarily in my family but like people always talk about being African and how African folks be talking bad about black Americans and how black Americans talk bad about Africans like like just all these different things like how sometimes like African yeah, you're, you're folks just, you're just being fed a false narrative over and over and so I was always just kind of like okay it's like when, when like you were looking like where's the truth in all of this yeah like, and I think that's actually an experience for like a lot of us in, mm-hmm. in different ways mm-hmm. it's sort of like especially in our youth is sort of being like confronted with false perspectives yeah. on life and people mm-hmm. very early you know, whether it's through adults or peers. Yeah. And then having to sort of sift through all of that to sort of try to find some type of meaning and truth. Yeah. And and self understanding. Yeah. You know, it's like and I think that's something that's worth speaking about mm-hmm. because I think a lot of the, the experience for like myself mm-hmm. and, and other black kids growing up in the United States education system has been sort of you know, being fed sort of a false narrative of ourselves yeah. and then not having the tools to combat that unless we're getting taught the proper things at home. Right. You know, and I think that's, you know, something to even speak of, to have like a father, mm-hmm. you know, who at least was giving you the opportunity to see who you truly are. Exactly. You know, and I think yeah. that's something that um, I'm glad you're speaking mm-hmm. on it because I think you're, you're just now like finding that vocabulary, but I think a lot of us as well, like, are still trying to find that vocabulary of like even the experience as kids and like what that meant and how hurtful that was and like still even like not even processing that pain Mm -hmm. you know it's like we almost grow up with that and then just sort of go you know into teenage and then young adulthood and still haven't dealt with the pain from like elementary school and how like those hurtful things that were said to you it's like of course as a kid it may have not registered completely then but then as an adult it's like wow that was actually Actually very hurtful hurtful." yeah that's crazy so like I'm really glad that you're sharing Mm -hmm. this because like even in sharing this like these these stories like there's freedom in that yeah because by you speaking that out it's like helping myself and others who Mm -hmm. also identify with that Mm -hmm. to sort of also find some sort of like you know peace Mm -hmm. and and to know that we're not alone in this yeah so thank you for that no problem yeah I yeah and so yeah that's really nice to hear because Mm. I always like I remember growing up even when I got to high school, like, I'll go back to the elementary school, yeah. middle school, but even when I got to high school, like, that was when I, like, first had black peers. Like, there was, like, a good amount of black people in my class. Like, it was like, oh, there's, like, eight of us. Mm-hmm. Like, that's weird. Like, you know, going into classes like that and even, like, being in those spaces, like, just so much confusion. Mm-hmm. There was just, like, always so much confusion. Like... And it's not even confusion you created. Yeah. It's stuff that's just been put onto you. Yeah. Now deal with this. Yeah. Like, deal with this confusion. I always get, people used to always yeah. be like, and even to this day, they'll be like, yeah. oh my gosh, you talk like a valley girl. Why do you talk so white? Like, I used to get that all the mm-hmm. time in like high school. They're like, you talk so white. Like, oh, you think you better than us because you grew up in the valley. I was like, okay, y'all dealt with gang violence, but I was dealing with like whole ass cholos trying to jump me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's still a different form. It's just not within like our culture period like it was just it was intersectional um and so it was really interesting just growing up like being like damn like I remember growing up like in elementary school middle school I always was just like oh my god like I wish I was around black people so my mom put me in like highly gifted magic programs when I was like in second grade and so I basically was in that like second to eighth and then like ninth through tenth, I was in a magnet school, but it was mm. it was Hollywood High, but it was just performance, like right. a performance magnet. Yeah. And then the last two years, I went to Vapo, which was also an art school, mm. but that one was like more of a rigorous, like rigorous, like yeah. school. Like people, like all of us came out of there 
Like I was number 43 in my class. Yeah. And I had a 3.98. Mm, wow. So that goes to show you how he went about me at like a 4.2, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So wow. it was, yeah. So like also being in those spaces too and like people not believing that this black girl like skipped the grade and that this black girl knows all this information and that I read all these books and that I'm the one who's checking out all these books and I'm the one who's finishing them mm. on my bus rides because mm. I have to take a bus all the way like to elementary school or middle school like and it takes like 45 minutes so go read a book you know and so being in these spaces and feeling like like my mom was always like you're so smart my family's always like you're so smart like you're you're intelligent my dad was like they're just mad like you just like just remember like they're just mad and but still like not understanding like i remember in element i hated elementary school because I was always blamed for anything going wrong. And middle school got worse, but like elementary school was so bad. It was like, if the room was loud, they would blame me. I could have my head completely down on the table and they would still blame me. If I, I would finish my work early because I like, I would get my work done and they wouldn't believe I got my work done. And I'd be like, oh, you could check it. And I would be right. And then they would be like, oh, you must have cheated. It's like, how did I cheat if I'm the first person mm -hmm. done? Or like yeah. one of the first of three. And those people are all the way over there. So there's no way that we were yeah. cheating. Yeah. So dealing with that, like all through school of like, just psyching me out of like, yeah. you're not that smart. You don't really know what you're doing. And like having, like I, I realize now, like I dealt with racism on like a, I think that's why I have, a, I have trouble with, I don't have trouble with authority, but I don't fuck with authority at the same time. Like, yeah. I have I have respect for parents, I have respect for elders, but I also am the type of person when it's like, oh, you're a teacher, or oh, police officer, it's like, I don't give, like, I don't fuck with you type of thing. Because growing up, like, I was always having teachers who did not believe I was intelligent, did not believe I was doing my work, like. So, I, I'm, I'm thinking now, speak. like, <laughs> I want to say, like, in, in the midst of sort of this experience, yeah. like, where did art and music, you know, or even performance art become, like, a part of the picture for you? Then? Well, I, so, growing up, my mom and my parents, my mom and my dad, they always play, like, music around the house. Okay. So, it was, like, anything. Like, my dad is Sierra Leonean, so it was, like, reggae, and it was jazz. It was R&B. Like, I grew up listening to Brandy's Full Moon album, like, yeah. on repeat. Um, like, Luther Vandross, mm. Brian McKnight, Mary J. Blige, mm. like, people like that. Mm. Um, I grew up listening to a lot of jazz music. Like, my mom hated listening to the radio, and so she put on 94.7 The Wave and Call mm. of the Day, and mm. she'd be like, this is what we're listening to, or 92.3. <laughs> so that's why I'm really into oldies, because yeah. I was, like, forced them down my throat. Yeah. But I'm thankful, because my mom really made sure that I learned culture. Mm. Um, but I didn't really start, like I was writing music, like writing poetry. Yeah. Cause I was always writing in some way. So yeah. if it wasn't like stories, like really long stories or like in middle school, I wrote scripts mm. like, and I would write plays and things like that. Definitely. Um, and I was doing poetry, but it wasn't until I think like fourth grade that I did choir for the first time. Mm. Mm. And I remember we had like, it was like an option, like in our elementary school, like in our class, uh, people would come in and be like, oh, we're having these activities during certain times of the day. Like if you're interested, mm. sign up type of thing. Mm. Yeah. And so I signed up and I was like, cool, let me go. Da, da. And my elementary school was Sunland Elementary School. So it's like in Los Angeles, it's in the valley, but it's like up in the, like near the ranches, like yeah. where people have ranches and like, horses and shit yeah. so it's I know, very i know the fam in la who's listening you know probably knows exactly what they you're know exactly about. what i'm talking about they're sitting yeah. here like oh god that's where you went to school it's like it all makes sense it's like yeah <laughs> stop coming at me damn what the hell <laughs> but yeah so like 
being in, I don't even remember what exactly like the type of music we were working on, but I really liked it. Yeah. Like being in fourth grade, cause I was able to like speak my mind mm. and sing and just be able to like let things out of my body. That's probably like a new experience too. Yeah. Like, in public at yeah. least. Like, being able to fully express exactly. all emotions and feelings and thoughts, yeah. you know, of your own. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah, yeah. So it was cool to just be like, okay, I have this thing. And then they were always like, oh yeah, like you can, they're like, no, you can actually sing. And I remember I did like, Rewind actually, I did a, a talent show in third grade, which made me go do this in fourth grade. Mm. And then it was like, oh, okay, like I guess I can sing, da 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 da, like let me try this. Yeah. And so when I went to middle school, like when you sign up for your classes, they gave, they e not emailed, they mailed you a letter of like all the electives that yeah. you could pick. And yeah, so you yeah. picked your top three and then that's how they placed you. Mm. And so I remember I have like, I really wanted to do, and it's so funny because I'm still this way to a T. <laughs> it was either, I was like, I was like, I could do choir. I could do um, like botany, like the botany, oh, yeah. like earth, like class where it's like planting and shit. And I was like, oh shit, I really want to do earth sign. I really <laughs> want to do that. It was either that or drama, I think. Mm -hmm. And then I decided not to do drama because I had been doing music for a little bit. And I was like, let me just try to do this a little bit more seriously. Yeah. So then I got into choir. And my choir uh, teacher, she loved me because like I had a very like, I had a loud voice because I have like, I can project and she was like oh wow like you just need training and we'll get it to work but unfortunately while I was in middle school she was like low-key fucking up all of our motherfucking voices wow. because she was not teaching people like how to sing in the proper part of their voice mm -hmm. so people are like like shrieking and screaming mm -hmm. from their like not their chest from their throat right. and not like un like not understanding why they're raspy for a week after mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. and like thankfully I didn't get anything that was that intense yeah. but Cause she like saw that my voice was lower. She was like, okay, I'm just like put you in altos and like stayed in that. But there were people who like, you know, you always hear the joke when you're talking about music and singing of how everybody loves a soprano, how everybody wants to be a soprano. And that's like mm -hmm. the higher voice. Mm -hmm. And so people like, we used to fight to try to like be the sopranos. Yeah, it got real. Yeah, and like, I remember in middle school, like, like this is when I had to learn how to fight because this girl didn't like that I, she was like, she hated that I got all these solos because like she was like cute and small and like it was this whole thing where like I used to always do with people being like like everybody knew I was gay before I knew I was gay type of thing like people used to be like oh but like you're all like big because I'm just tall and I've always had broad shoulders and I'm always like dressed like in hoodie like I mean I'll be wearing dresses sometimes but I grew up like a tomboy my dad put me like he played soccer professionally so he put me in sports and stuff growing up yeah so I was always like and my mom like you look at photos I was just dressed like a 90s kid like yeah. comfy Completely. overall you know just that whole thing so she didn't fuck with me because she didn't see me as like the type of person who should have a solo. So she then got her boyfriend at the time. This is such middle school shit. Got her boyfriend like was like, oh my God, now being mean to me. Didn't say the real reason. And then got her boyfriend and like his three or four friends to try to jump me outside of my middle school homeroom, sixth grade, seventh grade. I literally remember I got jumped in front of my like teacher and she literally tried to blame me for it. Like she watched the whole thing happen. And so just like growing up, just feeling like, damn shit is like my fault. Like every time I go somewhere, it's my fault type of thing. Like every time something goes wrong, it's my fault. Like this kid broke his arm because somebody tripped him once and it was like a whole homeroom situation. And I have to run to homeroom cause I was like, oh fuck, I'm gonna be late. And I ran and these motherfuckers try to say that I knocked him over because of something small. I was like, I ain't never seen this kid in my life. So just dealing with like 
being the butt end of shit mm. and like watching my white teachers like take everybody else's um, side. Even though my grades show that I do the work, even though you see that I'm intelligent, you just really don't want to believe that I'm intelligent. And so that was really hard because I felt like music was the only thing that I like wanted to do. And it was frustrating because I was like, damn, like you really trying to take this from me, but I'm not even trying to take music from you. It's just like, I just got this solo, you know? Yeah, dealing with all of that. And then that was like in eighth grade when I started actually being, like doing drama. Because, yeah, it's fine. Because at at that point, like it was seventh grade. At this point, it was like after seventh grade, I was like, I'm tired of this drama. I'm tired of dealing with all this bullshit. Like, you try to think I'm trying to fight you. And so I started doing drama and I was in like theater class. And then that's when I realized like, oh my gosh, I have all this energy and I deserve to put this energy out. I just didn't know how, like, because I've always been told like, I was doing a lot. And so and that was great. I did a theater and I was like, wow, this is really cool. What and, drew you to theater? Like what what type of theater were you like what were you, what were like, like, your favorite plays to do as a kid? I don't even know. Well, it wasn't even like that. We were making our own plays. Really? Like, yeah, my theater uh, pr- like teacher, she was so cool. Her name was Miss Balabio. And she was great. Shout out to Miss Balabio. Yeah, Miss Balabio's real. Yeah. She's like, she was dope. Like, yeah. she was this cool white lady. And she had us doing like such fun, like different skits, like doing different activities, just allowing us to get Using out. Your mind, yeah. Like she helped me realize, like, she was like, Wow, you're such a great writer. Like, why don't you try writing scripts or why don't you try writing scenes? And like I remember I wrote like two of like the major scenes that we had in like our like end of the year play mm. situation. So basically it was like people would submit their scenes, we would get people to act in the roles, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then at the end she would pick which um scenes that we were gonna put together. Yeah. And so I remember I like I wonder if my mom has video of it, but I remember just like one of them was about like like the character I was playing was like this woman who was like a boss yeah. and she owned everything like she but like everybody thought she was so mean because like she had everything together and she was very strict and like tough but they didn't realize that like she just like she had to work to get there and basically it was like me writing about me mm. in the future right, right, um right. Wow. and like having like like it was interesting, so I had that role and like that whole discovery. Then we had this other one where Wait, we this, this yeah writing <laughs> about yourself in, in the, the future. future. Like, well, that's like... all, it's it's amazing. That's like yeah, prophetic in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it's dope. That's really dope. It's yeah. dope. Yeah. Like I mean, that's how like mm. my music be like. Mm. Mm. Even like the music for my EP was like that. Like, Growing Pains was a song I wrote, and I was like, wow, how would I feel? Like, what is it gonna feel like? What am I gonna think about? Like when I'm healed and everything's okay. And that's how I wrote that song, like my future self talking to where I was at now. Um, and so it was cool. It was like, it was really dope. And like, yeah, I really expanded into like talking about identity. Like we, I remember we did a uh, skit about like a black ballerina and how people were mean to her cause she was black. And she was like, she was super, like she was black, but she was curvy. And so it was just like talking about just different experiences and different things that was going on. Yeah. And yeah, I think play, like, I liked theater because I was able to put on, like, I could be different people. Yeah. And I could exist beyond what I was constantly being told that I was. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, it was just funny because I've always dealt with this. I've always dealt with this thing of, like, I don't want to say being ahead of my time, but being ahead of my time and it's like understanding where people are coming from and having patience for them, but not necessarily getting that back. And so just kind of, like, as black people, that's what the fuck we fucking deal with. Like, 
400 years later, we still don't have like the reparations. We still don't have half the resources that we need. Like black people still getting killed all the time. Our organs are being sold on the market. We're being sex trafficked. Like all y'all tell us all the time is that like we not shit basically. And it was crazy how I knew even as like, I don't know, I was 12. At 12, I knew like, oh, this is cause I'm black. And so it was interesting. like. I feel like I didn't really understand my identity as like a black person until like I got to college more so. But yeah, music really helped me at least like find a way to heal through the shit. Like to be able to heal through the frustrations and like I could go and I could put on like my favorite playlist, my favorite album, like I could listen to JoJo, Get Out, Leave, over and over type <laughs> shit, you know? And just like, or like I said, Brandy, and just exist. And um, I was taking piano lessons when I was in elementary school. So like I did that for like three or four years. I played violin while I was in school. I also played clarinet. So I just like bounced back and forth between a lot of things. But you always kept your mind moving on something else. And yeah, like it, that probably even helps you stay like fresh. Mm -hmm. you know, just sort of like tapping into different forms of like, you know, expression. Yeah. And sort of just like feel something different. You yeah. Know, say, oh, okay, I can do this or I can, you know, sort of, you know, express myself in another way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah, and that's something I've had to really, like, accept about myself is the fact, like, I'm a really multifaceted person. Like, I feel and like... that's okay. Yeah, and that's okay. <laughs> I kept thinking, like, oh, my God, I have to just be a great, like, singer. And then I was like, fuck, I have to be a great songwriter. And now it's like, oh, I have to be a great producer. And it's just like, no, bro, like, you can just be great. And, like, these can be all of your fucking mediums, and you can just be dope. And you are dope. You don't even have yeah. to be. Like, you just are, yeah. you know? And, and people like yourself and like us mm -hmm. who sort of like felt that way from like a very early age mm -hmm. like now it's sort of like you know something that we can actually see like we can actually create a life for ourselves by just being ourselves yeah. by sort of yeah like taking an interest in more than one thing mm -hmm. and that being okay yeah you know? so so it's dope to hear that you know you sort of recognize that at a very early age mm -hmm. and like even like you know high school and after high school and moving on from there like how would you say music was sort of that <laughs> that source of therapy and mm -hmm. expression for you? Like, what other ways were you, you know, finding your voice through music? I feel, okay, so, now that you said that, I'm thinking. Yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like yeah. the type of music I was listening to, like, the music I'm listening to at any time is always reflective of where I'm at. Mm -hmm. So, like, I remember in middle school, like, my mom, my mom hated, like, rap music. She did not like me listening to rap music. Rap is one of my favorite genres <laughs> because I feel like there's the most storytelling. And the most, like, rap is so, is, rap is modern day jazz. Like, it's the modern day, like, underground, not accepted by mainstream white media, but they be loving to try to bite off of it type shit. Um, and I remember I, like, used to listen to, like, Lil Wayne, I, like, Eminem. I would listen to, like, Linkin Park. I would listen to, like, punk shit and rock shit, like, Paramore, because that's how I was feeling. I was mad. I was angry. And no, and I couldn't articulate that I was angry because I knew like okay if I flip to this place I'm not even gonna be able to exist right now so like yeah learning that really early early on and so when I went to high school my first two years like in school I was doing like everything so I was doing plays all through high school I did uh, I did uh, musical theater so I was if I wasn't like on stage I was in the pit doing choral stuff I was in choirs I was in show choir I was in like a glee club type of show choir type of thing um, called H2O in high school and we would perform like all around LA you were just active yeah <laughs> niggas had like I was like I need to get cause I just had a vision I don't know I feel like I watch too many documentaries all the time and so I just know that I have to just 
I just have to go, I have to be in it. Like I have mm-hmm. to just go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like in moments like now where I feel like, oh fuck, like I have to go, but I don't know where I'm going. It's stressful because I'm I before it was like being in school can came in. Blah, blah. Anyways, right. but yeah, um when I was in high school I was in all these different things because I just wanted to do music. I just was like, you know what, How, whatever way I can get on stage or be able to just show my voice and to grow and to learn different skills, I'm gonna just do it. Yeah. Um, musically, outside of that, like I got really into musical theater because I like the storytelling in it. Mm. Like musical theater, like I did In the Heights when I was in middle, mm. like in high school. So I like was Abuela Claudia, which is like the main, like she's like the heart of that shit. And like having to just, yeah, like How I was, that? that was, yeah. I mean, I was like 16 playing like an 80 year old yeah. and people yeah. believed me, wow. Wow. but like, cause I really resonated with the character and I mm. like of this person that has everything together, like everybody thinks she has it all together. Mm. And like, they also are so like, they don't believe in her at the same time. Like, She's the one that has the winning ticket, but because she's old, you know, they're like, oh, it's not her. Like, oh, she's, that's just Abuela. She just, you know, likes to buy her ticket. That's just her routine. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. music in school. I'm trying to think of what I was listening to when I was in high school. I feel like I listened to a lot of like, I listened to a lot of rap. I listened to a lot of Lil Wayne. Mm. That's when I really got into Lil Wayne Definitely. more. I love yeah. that man. Yeah. Like his album Funeral just came out. I was like, oh, my father. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was listening, and I also got into like, my mom had me listen to oldies all the time, but I think I didn't really start accepting oldies and like, in, like really listening to them actively until college, because I started seeing the evolution of everything. Like I loved Rihanna growing up because she's like the definition of like, first of all, I always used to be like, I want to be Rihanna when I grow up. Like, I just want her career. And people didn't get me because I was like, this woman, this was before she had all this Fenty shit. Hello? Like, I'm just sitting here like, this is what I want. Like, I'm a motherfucking artist and I'm a business person, motherfucker. I have all the bank and she has like her own like nonprofit. Like she's giving back. Like she's really about her shit. Um, and I really resonated with Rihanna. My mom like bought her Good Girl Gone Bad album. She was like, I don't like this other stuff. Her voice is too squeaky and da da da. But she, my mom is like tough critic and like she, <laughs> I love her though because that she's the reason I'm like like a tough critic yeah. and very much like nah, if that's not if it's not what I asked for, I don't want it type yeah. of thing. Shout out to mom. Yeah, she's real. Um, but yeah, just growing up listening to like people like that, meeting people early on in life like. Kehlani, I knew very briefly, like when I went to Hollywood High School, because she went to my school very briefly, and like I like people like that, just like running into folks and just being connected to people early on, and not even like thinking, like being like, oh, that person is dope. Like I really hope the best for them. Right, right. And then you see it, and you're like, oh shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, just I was listening to a lot of different. Like I loved, like in middle school, I know I was really on like all of the radio stuff, and then I got tired of the radio. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, yeah, we can listen to Snoop Dogg and Katy Perry, and we can listen to like Young Money, and we can listen to like Jay Sean. Now more things are coming back to me, yeah, but it's you like right specific to that era, you know. Yeah. But then it's like, I think from then on was when I started uh, getting into like local music more too. Yeah. Um, I'm all about like independent underground shit mm-hmm. because that's just the heartbeat of everything you know um and like when i was in high school that was when i really started seeing people do music yeah like people who've been doing it since like middle school or just started in high school and are like getting their music out like my friend true like watching him blossom and grow into the artist and the person that he is today is insane like Mm. he transferred to my school my senior year 
Um, and this is when we were we were doing a play together. Uh, August Wilson's Joe Turner's Coming On. Yeah. And so I was playing um, Miss Bertha. So I was like the main like, which was crazy because I was the only non-theater major, mm. and I was the main lead, wow. Wow. like female. So it was interesting because. That was like my, that was just black, 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 black experience. And our director was a white man, but he was dope because he was like, Mr. Golden was cool. That nigga was like, listen, he was like, I'm a white man. I'm a white middle-class man. Like, I don't know what your experience is like. He's like, I'm going to do my best to provide tools so that we can continue to shape these experiences. But I, there's certain things that I'm not gonna be able to tell you to do that you're gonna have more knowledge on than I'm ever going to. Yeah. And so like, it was cool to be able to be in that space and like to watch my friend Patrick, like Patrick True, to see him go and be like, he's an actor, but seeing how like he uses his theater knowledge in his rapping, in his performance, like he's a very like powerful performer because He's like, it's head to toe. Like he's feeling everything that he's saying. Like, it's like he's reading scripture type shit. Like his lyrics are like scripture, but then it's like your monologue. Like it's like your whole experience. And so looking at people like him. So you saw that, you know, back then. Yeah. And and, so it's in the DNA. Yeah. And so I didn't really understand. Like, I feel like I didn't get it in like the way I get it now, but I just knew like, there's something dope here. Like, or recognizing like other folks and being like, there's something really dope here. Like my friend Solomon, K Solar, like there's so many different folks I've I've watched and I've grown up watching. Um, who like look up to me, but I'm like, yo, like y'all are people that I was looking up to, you know? And so having like LA's cool because real LA, like people who from Los Angeles, they cool because we real real. Like you can really watch people grow up, you can disappear and come back, and people will be like, oh shit, my nigga, where the fuck you been? Like I went back to LA in December and people were like, nigga, ain't you supposed to be in New York? The fuck you doing here? Like, and so, yeah, like, and it's it's dope to be, yeah, real family. And so I really like, once I like was in, I think it was senior year when I really started seeing how like people in the theater school like were in like combining like their theater knowledge with like the film knowledge and putting that together, or, like seeing how people are like musicians but embodying that within dance or whatever. Just seeing the collaboration because I went to an art school. I went to like first I went to Hollywood High School, which had a arts like a performing arts magnet. But then I went to VAPA, which was a performing arts school. Like there were no sports. Like we'd not have sports teams. Yeah, yeah. Like. The main things were all the shows, the dance shows, the visual art shows, the theater shows, the music shows. Like, so I'm so blessed that I was able to go there because that made me really go, oh shit, like I could really do music. Like I could do this for real, for real. real, Because there's people like Justin Chambers, for example, that nigga from Grey's Anatomy, his kids went to my school. His kids are talented as visual artists. Like, you know, there's just, it's just like crazy because it's like, you can look at like the lineage or like see like there's people who went to my school who are now like big artists. And it's like, oh shit, that's crazy. Like we was, we was kicking it. Had the same experiences. Had the same experiences. So it helped you realize like, like early on, like when I was in high school, I was like, oh, I can do this. Like I could really do this music thing. Like I just have to stick to it. And like, that's when I found Grammy camp. I went to Grammy camp when I was in uh, the summer before my senior year of high high school. And that was at USC. It was like a week, like a 10 day program. There were all these different um, tracks. There's like performance, like vocal performance, um, instrumental, uh, music business, music, like audio engineering, music production, all these different things. And basically you, you work for 10 days and put a show together and showcase it at the El Rey. Yeah. So like, 
now I've performed the El Rey three times wow. because I've done that. I did like, we have our own senior showcase at the El Rey and then I sang background vocals for somebody else's the year before mine. Yeah. So yeah, like getting just these- getting all these experiences. Yeah, yeah, and just being yeah. thankful to be like, wow, like I'm black as fuck. I'm all these things and I'm existing in these spaces. Like people don't want me to be here and I'm just like, fuck y'all type of shit, you know? Um, and but just being thankful the whole time, but just being like, I know I'm I'm not supposed to be here, air quotes, but I'ma still walk in anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and going to school, like when I first went to USC, I was a creative writing major. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get into the music program the first time, but my mom just kept being like, No, you're gonna get in. We we're just gonna have to figure out another way. Like you have to transfer in. Okay, let's figure this out. She was like, You need to get in touch with Patrice, mm-hmm. and that was like the hardest thing to get in touch with in touch with Patrice Russian because yeah, yeah, yeah. that woman is she's like uh she's the chair of the program mm. she's a professor for a couple classes and she's also like does like private lessons yeah. in addition to doing like they have different um like like performance showcases that happen like yeah. for different uh like donor events and shit mm-hmm. and she puts those together she directs those and she creates the arrangements mm-hmm. like this is on top of her doing gigs outside of school she's yeah. so dope yeah. so yeah. like my mom was always like okay like you need to get in contact with her and it took a minute but then i finally was able to get in contact with her i told her like i was able to get in contact with her during my first semester yeah. told her my situation i was like i really want to get into the program i plan on reapplying da, 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 da. like i was like what do i need to do and she just helped me by being like, okay, you're gonna, she was like, you can enroll in this class and this class, cause you're basically losing a year by not being in the program. So you're basically gonna have to do the program in three years. She was like, the way you can do that is you're gonna have to double up on a lot of shit. She was like, there's a lot of classes that you can take right now um, while not being a major that will help, um, that will qualify for your degree, but it'll also help you get into the program because it's like, they see that I've started the process. So they'll be more inclined to like push me in so I can finish it, right? So. I was taking like eight, nine classes my first two semesters. And then for the rest of my years, like, I mean, that's how our program was. Like uh, the pop program, you take eight, nine classes the first two years and then you're supposed to stop. I took eight, nine low key 10 classes for two and a half, three years. Wow. So I was always in school and then I also was in rehearsals. Like I would space out everything. I mean, I'm thankful because <laughs> the types of classes that I was able to take, like I was able to focus on like my blackness and identity and other things. Like I was able to take like African-American pop culture and able to take like sex in America and yeah. all these different classes that are relating to like my identity and, and information that I was not, I was deprived of. You didn't have access to. Didn't have to access to yeah. because we didn't have the privilege to for whatever reason. And like, that was my first time of being like y'all been brainwashing me for a long time and i knew it but now i'm mad because you're showing me for real and you don't give a fuck and like that shit pissed me off and so being in school i was like okay i, I gotta i just want to take all this shit and give it back to everybody like mm-hmm. i was like i just want to give like sophomore year i created like an event series called the loft sessions and it was an event series in my loft like in my apartment yeah. and it was like a monthly thing and it would showcase black artists like visual and performing artists at first it was just in usc and ucla the two colleges wow, wow. and then expanded wow. to like la so th- like i'd have like 200 people in my apartment type <laughs> shit like it was crazy no but I, but i feel that's almost a testament to to like what the energy that you were putting out mm-hmm. sort of resonating with people and people wanting to sort of also share in that experience with you yeah you know it's like from your experiences and the life journey that you've had 
the struggles, sort of even like, you know, people sort of like, you know, putting up obstacles mm-hmm. for you to sort of have to like, not only physically, but mentally get through. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, you are in a like unique space to be able to create spaces for mm-hmm. people to feel heard and feel seen, mm-hmm. you know, because of your experience. Exactly. You know, so like, I think it's, it's dope just to hear all of this yeah. right now. Cause like, I'm just seeing how your life journey has almost like prepared you for what you're doing and about to do, mm-hmm. you know? So, so this is just like, I'm just enjoying yeah. it. Like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just like hearing everything. It's I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's crazy. So like, yeah. And I really, my first year, it was so hard mm. because, I mean, all the years were hard. Like yeah. I, I, f- I always joke about, but I'm dead ass. Like I joke about how I have PTSD from college, because that's not an understatement or an overstatement. It's straight like yeah. you went. Okay, I went to USC, which is in South Central. Yeah. yeah. That school is sixty percent white. Everybody else makes up the rest. It's really white and Asian. We're in a black area though, like black brown, like black Asian. I'm sorry, black Latinx area, like. The mind fuck of going there and like all the privilege and like seeing how people move and not being conscious of where they are. Like I got the like gentrification was something I learned to hate very early on. Yeah. yeah. So so what were you doing to sort of like elevate past that? Like mm-hmm. even with the event series, mm-hmm. like how were you taking that experience and sort of like, you know, finding a way to like crystallize it into something that could like help people? It was all, I feel like, programming. Like, I I didn't realize until now that it's programming, but I was always like, I just want to make safe spaces for people. Mm. Like, that was something I always was saying, like... You just didn't put, like, a a professional label A professional label to it. I just do this. Yeah. Yeah, So, like, I would do loft sessions. Like, we had four of those Mm. before we stopped because I I would have to finish my EP, and I was like, I got to prioritize that. But, um, and other stuff. But, like, I was making a lot of like if it wasn't like live like multidisciplinary like art shows it would be um like programming within school so i was um like one of the co-chairs for the like event programming and like community outreach for uh our black student assembly's creative experience team so it's a team that was created by the black student uh, sorry the bsa which is great um and basically it was a space for creative black folks to get resources because we found out well we realized that with bsa was always very business and science driven but the artists always kind of felt left out and they didn't feel included and there wasn't really opportunity for us to like benefit you know hearing your music now Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm i'm sort of like i have a better sense of like where you're coming from yeah you know because like i I mean i told you this you know when we weren't recording either but like this is all a part of your story Mm -hmm. you know like every part of this journey for you like means something Mm -hmm. and just in hearing you speak you know i can hear like a lot of the the breakthroughs that you've had Mm -hmm. over the years you know and i think it's like only going to just continue to reflect in the music and in whatever you decide to create even beyond music yeah because i feel like there's probably so much more you have to offer so much Um, (laughs) so so yeah i'm just like really happy that like having this conversation with you is like you know it's it's beneficial on so many levels Mm -hmm. so many levels so like like even hearing what you're you're creating now Mm -hmm. like would you say that you know from college yeah when did music become something that was like you know this is a part this is not just a part of my life it is life Mm -hmm. yeah i would say it was while i was in school like Mm -hmm. more so because sophomore year when i was doing the loft sessions i was like oh i could really do this Mm -hmm. like i was like wow i could really like make a monthly event or then i made it quarterly and i was like a quarterly thing where 
people can submit and I can curate the shows to a specific um, theme and, you know, just do that whole thing and just have this as a consistent space and avenue for black people and black artists to showcase their work. Right. Um, then I think it was when I really started diving into like making reflections. So that was like my junior year of college that I was like, okay, yeah, I can do this like music thing. Because like I, I was like, okay, I'm talented. Yeah, I get I'm talented. But then I was like, I don't know if I can deal with all this like petty bullshit. Like, I don't know if I can deal like, cause my program was cool because it was like 25 people, but it was a microcosm of the music industry. So I'm dealing with like, White supremacy. Y'all listening, I know you gonna get mad. White supremacy. I was dealing with misogyny. I was dealing with like misogynoir, like dealing with me being the only, like like one of few black, no, the only black like person calling out things and watching black people turn away from me, watching black people like, like it was weird. Cause I was like, wow, so I'm creating space for us but you're also resenting me for creating the space. So it was interesting, like, and in that I was like, okay, no, I'm gonna just, I was like, I have to do this art thing. I have to do music. I'm, I was a person in LA and in college, like people knew me, like I was, like, I'm a very tough critic. Like I will listen to what you have to say and I will hear you out, whatever, but I'm very opinionated and I have no problem being like, I'm opinionated because I have, like there are specific intentions and specific visions and specific things I'm trying to, not even trying, I'm going to get them. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot sit and play with the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, you. you know? Yeah. And like, I got up, I like, really like, I think all college was really my realization of I can do this. Like I can mm. do music and I can be an artist. Yeah. And I, would, you, would you say like, even in sort of understanding that, like you said, you started reflections in junior year? I would say I started sophomore year. Sophomore year? Yeah. Okay. So like, even with that project and mm -hmm. that effort, like, what would you say that process was in, like, putting that together? Mm -hmm. And even, like, even listening to it now, mm -hmm. like, what do you feel like that project is sort of communicating? I feel like right now the project, it changes. The de Like, what yeah. it communicates to me is different every and, time. And I love the title, too, because yeah. the title also sort of has multiple meanings. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, continue. And, so, yeah, it's, yeah, it was really, it was funny. Like, I would just be talking to people, and I was like, it's just a bunch of reflections of how I'm <laughs> feeling about myself yeah. or about life. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's what's going to be called. <laughs> um, I feel like reflections, reflections is probably going to be one of the most honest pieces that I've ever done mm -hmm. because... It goes through, I mean, well, I don't know, like so far mm -hmm. of like depression, anxiety, uncertainty. Like, I don't feel like I tapped into my anger on that project. I feel like like the stuff I've been working on now is like tapping into like my happiness and my anger because I like those are two emotions I've never really allowed myself or been allowed to feel. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's, that's profound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, continue. yeah no, I appreciate it. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah I, with reflections, I started it, like I said, in 2017. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2017, and it was released in 2019. Yeah. Um, my friend Alec B produced it with me. Um, he's amazing. Me and him have been friends since, like, right before I started college, actually. Yeah. But, like, we've always been in the same sphere, but yeah. we just never met. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's, like, my brother, mm -hmm. and he really helped me find my sound and be able to 
uh, be comfortable with how I write and be comfortable with my voice because in school and just in life like I have a low alto voice people are always trying to tell like alto tenor honestly low key to bass and people always try to clown women on that and try to be like oh that's masculine oh that's not a real voice like and, and like one of my professors in college used to be like could you make the key any higher could you I'm like my sir this is my voice um and so Alec really helped me also combine all the different styles I'm inspired by. Yeah. So like I'm very inspired by jazz, R&B, neo soul, yeah. hip hop, um, and now I'm realizing more like reggae, like mm. Afrobeat type of things. Um, but just like the storytelling and the emotion that comes in the music, mm. like I love drums, I love bass, yeah. and me and Alec just are like on the same page. We listen to a lot of the same music and we like a lot of the same vibes. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool to create together um, and to be able to like come in with ideas of like songs and stuff I had written and yeah. have like, I don't know like what the arrangement's gonna sound like and him coming in and creating and producing and- just having fun with it. Yeah, just having yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it took us, I would say like a year and a half to get everything recorded because it wasn't like a project at first. It was just like, hey, we're having sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, hey, like, let's work on something. And then after a while, I was like, okay, this feels like a project. Like, yeah. let's wrap this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the only song at the time that I produced on that project was uh, Black Fantasy Dream. Mm -hmm. And that one I wrote while I was in college. I think that was my junior, junior year, because I was in songwriting. Okay. And I had a professor, David Poe. He was like, look, we get it. You're a dope, talented songwriter. He was like, we get it. You're hurt. This person hurt you. He was like, we need you to write us. He was like, I need you to write a song that's like Cranes in the Sky, that's like vague and specific. He was like, I need you to, he was like, cause you can do it. He was like, you're selling yourself short by like making these very vague songs. And so I was like, okay. And then like, that was like the first song I ever wrote that was just like, it was really came to me too. It was just like, like sitting and being like, I'm no longer a slave. Like I'm no longer all these things that you guys keep trying to tell me that I am. Like I'm not a victim, I'm not all this. Um, and that project was very reflective. Like it was a time of self-discovery. Like I think I had just turned 20. And so, yeah, like I think I had like, or I think I had just turned 20 or like I was like 19 when I kind of started more so 19, 20. And so it was interesting to just like see myself go through the process. Like I've found recently like old recordings of like previous versions of songs. Right, right. Um, and just hearing the evolution, it was just beautiful. Um, I'm always a collaborative person. I'm like, my intention is to be collaborative. And with this project, every sound that you hear on there is another, is a person, like it's somebody playing an instrument. Like I had keyboardists come in, guitarists, bass, drums, folks that I was playing in school with. Um, and that was beautiful and it was fun to be able to make it like a community effort yeah. and to be able to be like, hey y'all, I wish I could pay you. I can't, but I can do your transportation and I can provide you food. And folks just recognizing like the intention of the project and respecting that and just being like, you know, like we get that you ain't got the money right now, but it's all good because like we respect the vision and we respect you. Um, and I, yeah, I really learned a lot about myself with reflections, but it was hard. Like there's songs on there I did not want to release. Like I didn't really want to release Smoke and Mirror. Like, cause that song is so vulnerable. And I just was like, I don't want to do it. People are gonna think I'm weak. <laughs> Everybody thinks they have it together all the time. And Alec was like, no, like people need to see that there's levels to you and there's levels to this shit and that's okay. 
Yeah. Uh, it's actually more yeah. human to like honestly express that you don't have it all figured out. Exactly. You know, I think that's actually the more honest you know, place to be. So, yeah, yeah, I've been in that space forever. I feel like I'm yeah. always writing in a space of like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm gonna show you after this. I'm like, of all these songs of like, I don't know. Maybe I should do this. Maybe <laughs> I should do that. And like, right. but I'm getting comfortable with that mm-hmm. indecisiveness. Like, it's like you like with each decision, you're you're finding more and more of what you want to say. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm I'm like realizing how much like my my anxieties and my stress are things that I've been taught. Like I've watched other people like. Oh, you just wait just pause just like what you just said right there. i know repeat that repeat that. like how many of my traumas and anxieties and depressions like how many of my ills fears come from other people's fears like it has nothing to do with me it's just something i was taught and like i had to realize that a lot of like okay this is why i have this fear of like opening up to people like yes i have dealt with people close like you know dismissing me but there's also this part of me that feels like oh my god if i open up people aren't going to like uh be receptive and it's like no 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 if they're not receptive just dead that shit not dead the person but just it's we good i'm good love and joy and just go to the next thing but took me so long because like as you're hearing like all of this upbringing and all of this conditioning like all of this deep like there's so much constant decolonization that we have to do of our fucking minds um yeah and reflections was me doing that like there were so many times i wanted to throw it away i was like i don't want to do this anymore like it's fine like i don't want to do this i don't want to do this i don't want to do that like and everybody that was involved was family and so it was great to be able to have folks be like no someone needs this You obviously needed it, which means someone else needed it. Like everything down to like the cover art, like that was shot by one of my best friends. Mm. Like um, she's a talented photographer and the clothes came from one of my favorite Capricorns, Mm. uh, Christina. Her brand is KG by KG. Shout out to Christina. Yes, (laughs) shout out to Ozadi, shout out to Christina, Alec, all them people. Like, you know, and I, Reflections, yeah, I feel like Reflections was all about just healing. And it was about, forgiving myself i'm still working on that because there's so many years like you can't just i I always remind myself you can't just do it overnight sis like every day day. um and it was a beautiful project i mean the stuff i'm working on now does not sound like it at all and i first i was kind of stressed about that but then i was like no 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 it's the evolution it's the evolution it's the part of the process um and i also want to say just to see how you're sort of finding your truth through Mm -hmm. this like Thank you for sacrificing and putting yourself out there and sort of expressing these things because, mm-hmm. you know, you're actually helping to free a lot of people mm-hmm. just by you telling your story. Right. Just by you saying this, yeah. is, is, it's freeing to hear. Yeah. You know? So, like, I'm really glad that, you know, you're the person to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and to also be, like, amazing at what you do and, mm-hmm. like, to have a beautiful voice, mm-hmm. like, you, you know, it just helps that you're also, you know, saying something that that's helping people. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's great to see you doing mm-hmm. this, for real, for real. So, like, I, I, I'm looking forward to also what you're going to be creating in the mm-hmm. future. So, if there's anything that you can talk about now, could you share a little bit? Um, <laughs> I could do some, sh- I can tell shows first. Yeah, yeah, please. I do have two shows coming up at the end of the month. Okay. We have one on February 23rd. It's for Jules Gems talk show. Um, it's going to be great. It's at Metaden. It's a live talk show hosted by one of my favorite folks, Jules the Gem. 
great revolutionary queer individual femme beautiful person and then on the 29th of february which is the last day it's a leap oh shit it's a leap year 2020 um it again at metaden i'm going to be a part of a black queer healing event and i'll be performing at that as well um music wise i am currently in the process of getting things mixed and mastered and get into conversations about like creative direction for some videos and whatnot so that being said i need people to run up the streams purchase the merch which is available through the link in my bio on my instagram which i will give you in 10 seconds and What's the other thing? There's something else. Merch, something else. Oh, I mean, you could. It's Black History Month. You could Venmo me if you want. But niggas just need money to get this shit done, okay? Like, being unemployed and being an independent artist is motherfucking hard, and people don't understand. Like, it's hard when you're doing it by yourself. So, dropping some funds, buying some merch, because that merch is going to disappear, and I'm going to have some new stuff for the new project. Um, I'm deciding it's going to be a project or not. But new music will be coming, I'm going to say, by summer. Um, I have a lot of songs I've been working on. I want to get the, I'm getting the videos and stuff done. Once the videos are done, then the content is out. Um, But other than that, I will be doing some, like, workshop facilitation soon. I want to do, like, some songwriting, holistic, like, workshops. I want to do, like, a planning, organization thing, maybe calendar. I could see it happening because, like, yeah. just from even hearing you speak, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I just see that your your mind works in so many ways. Yeah. So I feel like you can sort of, like, you know, do something completely, like, what people won't even expect. Right. But it worked for you. Exactly. You know? So, like, yeah, I feel like this is, like, just the beginning of you sort of even get into, like, your like what i can do back you know? exactly so like, yeah yeah it's gonna happen yeah it's, gonna happen. it's great yeah. but yeah other than that i would just say you can follow me on social media i don't really be on there like that no more but talk about it <laughs> yeah i like i post on my story but i don't really post on like my face anymore it's like i've be posted holistic things like i write like different activities and affirmations but if you want my instagram is nyala which is n there's a period Y-A-L-L-A-H. I have Twitter. I mostly like things on there, but my Twitter is N-Y-A-L-L-A-H Music. You can find my music, uh, my EP Reflections on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Tidal, SoundCloud, basically anything, and YouTube. Give it a listen. (laughs) Do some reflecting. Cry. The next stuff is going to be a bag, though. Like, this is a bag, but the next music is going to be so dope because it's just groovy. Like, it's, I'm ready for it. Hey, so, hey, Thank you so much. <laughs> thank really, you for having me. Really, really appreciate mm-hmm. it. So I'm Taj Alexander with my homie here. Yes, it's Nyala. Thanks yeah. for having me. Peace. And we out. Yay. To find out more about The Open Canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also, stay tuned to our Instagram, at The Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, Taj, T-A-J, dot opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander.